One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. My Unsung Hero with Chelsea Grimes on Talk Sport. I'm Chelsea Grimes. I'm a singer, songwriter and footballer. And the balls play through for Chelsea Grimes! we loving you. You're listening to My Unsung Hero on TalkSport, where I get to sit down with not only some of the best footballers to have ever played the game, but with their very own unsung hero too. You know, my inspiration behind the show is literally because I don't think that we give enough credit to the people who, you know, are maybe on the receiving end when the players get in from a loss or the people who've just been there for them, you know, on the down days as well as the good days. Um, You know, for me personally, my inspiration and unsung hero is definitely my family. You know, rain, sun, standing on the sidelines and just cheering you on and also being there for you when things don't go right. No footballer reaches the elite level on their own. And in this show, we talk to the person who played a pivotal role in getting them to where they are today. This week, I'm speaking with someone who has taken a rather unconventional route to the professional game. Well, I don't think Mark Wright could have dreamed of a better scenario to come on for Crawley Town. And here comes Mark Wright. A special day for him. Hello, I'm Mark Wright and my unsung hero is... Probably my brother Josh. To the area for an equalising goal. Josh Wright makes no mistake. Hi, I'm Josh Wright and my unsung hero is, no denying it, my big brother Mark. The thing is, he's actually being serious. (laughs) This week's slightly different. We're speaking with two footballing brothers. Mark Wright is famous for his role on reality TV show The Only Way is Essex, who has since gone on to appear on Strictly Come Dancing, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, and now presents his own national radio music show. But his dream was always to play football, and after playing for Tottenham as a youngster, he's now realising that dream at Crawley Town alongside his brother and unsung hero, Josh. Josh has played professionally at clubs such as Charlton, Scunthorpe and Millwall before settling down at Crawley and he's been vital in getting his brother back into the game. This is a real feel-good story, and it's something different in the series, so I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Mark Wright, my unsung hero. Mark, Josh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, We're doing a slightly different setup today. You know, two brothers, both play the sport. One who is perhaps better known than the other one just because of his career off the pitch. Um, But we're going to kick things off. We ask this question to all of our guests. So both of you, who is your unsung hero and why, Mark? We'll start with you. I want to say my dad and my granddad, but I'm also going to add my brother to that. I look at them all the same and I look up to them all in different ways. Um, why is he... He just... I, I feel like we have this bond where we inspire... I hope I'm, he's talking... You know, he's thinking the same, but where we inspire each other in so many different ways and even down to personal life. And he's always there to bring it to a, to a level and he knows he's probably one of the only people that knows how to calm me. But on a more positive note... If I'm struggling with something with work or football, which I'm now doing, it's just always the person I turn to. Like I'll turn to my brother, man. Like my dad and my granddad, they're just my heroes because they are. Yeah. But I can relate to my brother more. He, he knows me more and he gets it more because we're more kind of in tune together. Wow, Josh, that, that's, that's nice of him. What about you? Nice. Who's yeah, your Listen, I have to echo yeah. that. And we are brothers. We're very similar characters. We've got the same outlook in life. And have the same ambition, if you like. So being the younger brother, I think I could probably say and, and, and mean this in a little bit more of a stronger way, if you like, because I've always looked up to Mark. He's obviously, uh, well, you're three years older than me, Mark, aren't you? So Two and a half. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> but no, look, it's the same thing. My dad, my granddad are always the people, as well as other members of the family, if you like, and friends that you look up to and try to impress and want to learn off. But Mark's been that one person who... 
I would say being a professional footballer for my whole career is the only thing I've ever done other than when I was at school. Even then, I was still playing football. He's the one person who can give me constructive criticism as well as advice, good guidance, and tell me when I'm going right or wrong and, or bring me back to that, that level playing field, if you like, and the right path. So if it's someone that I look up to and an unsung hero, it has to be my brother Mark because he's always the one person that I know when I finish a football game or finish something that I'm doing, there'll be a text, there'll be a call. And if it isn't good or it's bad, whatever it might be, he'll be honest with me and he'll tell me and how to lift me or, as I say, bring me down to that level playing field. So, yeah, my dad and my granddad are always the people that I'm trying to impress and make proud. But Mark being my big brother and someone who's so similar to me and I know someone who can relate to me so much is obviously that unsung hero of mine. Oh, guys, I don't have a brother and you're making me want one. Um, let's, <laughs> it's not let's, all good, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go back to, you know, your upbringing. Uh, Mark, we'll start with you. Like Josh, he gave you a little dig there. You're the older one. What was, what was it like growing up for you, for you both? Yeah, was football always involved? Um, what was the family dynamic like? I still genuinely hold a little bit of responsibility for the reason he went further than me in football. And I tell you that, it's because from the age we could, you know, walk, we played football. I didn't have an older brother. I had an older cousin, Elliot, who used to get me out in the garden. I didn't see him every day. So I had to kind of wait until I went to school and had friends to play with. But from the minute he could walk, run and whatever, I had him in the garden. And where we're not far enough age for me to let him have that advantage, I would still be throwing him on the ground, making him tougher and stronger. I'd still be trying to win. And it made him so competitive. But... Going back to what we were like, I mean, it was literally home from school, school bags off, in our school gear, if we could get away with it until my mum caught us, out in the garden, grass stains down our grey school trousers, playing in the garden until it would get dark. And my mum and dad, they put like lights on the back of the house so we could stay out there. And sometimes we'd stay out there too. It was literally pitch black and we had to be dragged in, but we just loved it. And our mum always tells a story of one day she came home and we had a, like a living room that was quite long, not that long, but it was more long than it was wide. And we, she, my mum used to have these old fashioned like vase plant holders, but they were like quite tall, made out of China. And we used them as goalposts. Oh. We were like in God, my mum come in, she's like, what are you doing? And one smashed. And yeah, we had, we had a, a busy childhood in terms of sport and competition. What about you, Josh? What do you, do you remember all of that? Were you getting thrown around at a young age, getting tougher, getting stronger? Uh, everything he's saying is true, but the excuse about me being where I've got to in football and the stronger brother, that, that's not true. <laughs> no, listen, it actually, to be honest with you, and I'm not afraid to say it, it's absolutely spot on because like anything in life, if you're always working or, or playing with someone who's older, bigger, stronger, you're only going to improve and get stronger yourself. And it's not just the physical side of it, it's the mental side of it. So if there was ever a time that I'd get angry or get down or get upset and want to not so much quit, but you know, you'd throw a tantrum as a kid. My brother would be there to maybe wind me up or G me up. But what that did to me, that gave me that inside burning drive feeling that not everyone can, you're not necessarily born with it. You might have a little bit, but you can work on it. And that's exactly what Mark, as well as our older cousins put in me every day, competing in the garden, making each other win. Who wanted to be the winner? No one wanted to lose. Who likes losing <laughs> at the end of the day? And I think anyone... It's still like that now. Like we, we played... What was the game we played the other week? Articulate. Articulate. We're playing that. And literally, I'm not lying, four minutes in, a row happened. And he went, this is why I don't play games. You're too competitive. And I went, look at you screaming. It went off. When, like, you, when you're younger and you're in the garden, you might be able to have that row or kick a ball at each other. But now we're older and bigger. You know there's a limit to be able to stop. But even now... It reminds me of when I was young and in training nowadays in games. It always comes back to me, that competitive side. And I do have a lot to thank Mark for, for that reason. And I suppose that's what a big brother's there for, or part of what he's there for. It's and it's true. A big part in where I am. I've got a younger sister and I don't let her win anything. And my mum yeah. says, just let her win. And I'm like, look, I'm getting her used to losing. You can't win everything. So yeah. I take no prisoners at all. Um, but what, what about, you know, you mentioned your dad, your granddad, football influenced. Were they good players? Did they always play? Were you on the sideline watching your dad grow up? I, I remember watching dad once. And I think it was towards the end of his career when he's playing in the non-league. Um, I remember it quite vividly, but only once. We was too young. But my dad and two of his brothers, they were all pro footballers. So my dad was at Mirwall and Cholton. My, other, my uncle, one of his brothers, was at Mirwall. And the other brother was at West Ham. And then the other brother, there's four of them, he was a PGA golf pro. Uh, we just wow. lost him, to be fair, which is sad. But, um, and then their dad, which is our granddad, 
he was a British champion uh, fighter, boxer. So the competitive streak runs through the family. And honestly, when we have family holidays, because we're all together, it go from day one, it's going off like volleyball in the pool, football on the beach. The arguments we have is it's next level. <laughs> talk, talk, talking of them, like up and down the country, where obviously you play here, there and everywhere, especially my dad and granddad have been, uh, other than obviously this lockdown, which has been disastrous for everyone. And in this case, for them, for them not being able to watch, but they have traveled. And I don't just mean in the UK, I mean all over Europe, even some parts of the world, if you in different parts of the world. They love watching, but that's that's a big thing for me, turning around in the stadium, trying to spot where they are, my dad, my granddad. Some games, I remember even up, up north, if you like, I remember one day in Leicester, one of our uncles lives in America. He was over, he comes to there, and you've got all three or four of the brothers sitting there. And, wow. and that's what makes it so proud. And that's when we're saying about unsung heroes, as well as Mark, obviously being the main one. Seeing them there and what you do it for and trying to make them proud is, is why it's such a good thing and we're such a big, tight family. And I've always, if you like, drove each other on to be successful. Yeah, 100%. Listen, what was the age that you both thought, okay, you know what, this is for me. I'm going to try and make it as a pro footballer. How old were you? And how did the academy start for you? Where did you start your story? I think you just know. You know at a certain age. You never know for sure. I think we, I think we, always, I think we always knew. Like, we always said, like, what do you want to be when you're older? It's a footballer. Like, get, like, you were probably the same, Chelsea. Like, you yeah. knew from the minute you could kick a ball, that's all you wanted to do when you were older. And I, you know, I was the same with that. I think I was at West Ham from seven. I think you were at West Ham from six. Yeah, and then I went to Arsenal. Yeah, then we both went to Arsenal together. Uh, I was 12, he must have been You went together? Yeah, we were both at West Ham and then Arsenal, we were both kind of in that, you know, like when you get the wonder kid, if you like, like the good kid of your Sunday league team and we both went to uh, West Ham and Arsenal knew that if they came for both of us, we probably would go because it helps my dad out on a Tuesday and Thursday night (laughs) taking us to training. So we both went and then from there, we both went to Cholton and then it weren't until we signed YTS forms like then you can choose what you're going to do because you can drive, you can go where you want. And I signed for, for, uh, for Spurs. Josh stayed at Cholton and did his YTS there. Basically, the reason he, we went to the same clubs is because he piggybacked on me. They wanted me so bad. <laughs> so they were like, I'll tell you what, we'll take Josh if you come. You know, you know what I said yeah. before about having a brother? It's changing ever so slightly the more this goes on. <laughs> to come on Mark Wright, my unsung hero. We hear about how taking his eye off the ball cost him a career in the Premier League. The reason I left Tottenham at the time was all self-inflicted. To me, I was done. Like Next year, I'm in the first team. It's game yeah. over. And I went away that summer and I put on like one, 1.8 stone, I think it was. And then after that, I just couldn't put it back. You're listening to Mark Wright, my unsung hero on TalkSport. I'm Chelsea Grimes and you're listening to My Unsung Hero on TalkSport. In this series, we talk to some of the best footballers to have ever played the game, but also we talk to their unsung hero, the people who don't get enough credit, the people who you might not know about. I I feel like we have this bond where we inspire each other in so many different ways and even down to personal life. This week, we're talking with reality TV star turned footballer Mark Wright, whose unsung hero is his brother and fellow professional, Josh. Mark, I'm going to touch on Spurs as well. You know, you've spoke about it. I've watched you speak about it before. You know, your attitude towards, you know, being released by Spurs. Were you 18 at this point? Yeah, I think about 18, 19. You know, talk to me about that. You hear so many stories about, you know, you speak to guys, I remember I used to speak to men, like 40, 50, whatever. Oh, I used to play for the Orient. I used to play for Charlton. But I got done my knee at 15. And, and you're like, yeah, all right, mate, you just weren't good enough. And that's why sometimes I don't like telling this story. But the reason I left Tottenham at the time, I'm not saying I would have definitely gone on and played in the first team, but the reason I left Tottenham at the time, after my two-year YTS when I left school, was all self-inflicted. Like, one million percent, it'll tell you, like, it was... The first year YTS, so the first year after I left school when I was full-time, within three months of playing, I was got the captain's armband from left-back. I was scoring from left-back in the quarter-final and the semi-final against Everton and uh, Leeds. Leeds. Uh, two screamers. Like I played, in the re- I played on the Saturday against Leeds away, scored a screamer. By the way, in this team, you had Charlie Daniels, who's played in the Prem for however many years, Jamie O'Hara. I was captain above them. I scored... In extra time against Leeds, screamer. Then I went to Everton. At, and then on the Tuesday night, I played at Cholton uh, in a reserve team that had like Jamie Redknapp, 
Helga Postiga. It was just all first team. Ooh. I was only 17 at the time. Then on the Saturday again, I played against Everton and scored again. Then the season ended. To me, I was done. Like next year, I'm in the first team. It's game yeah. over. You only had one left back in the first team and one above me, and he was getting released. And I went away that summer and I went to Spain for a month and I'd never drunk before. And I started drinking. I treated it as a boy's holiday. It might have been five weeks I was away for. I ate like three course meals every day, like burgers and just like, honestly, if you looked at me, you'd go, there's no way that boy's a professional footballer. Like I was belly, really? face was fat. And I put on like one, 1. 1.8 stone, I think it was. And I got back and like the uh, Patsy Holland, the coach went to me, what have you done? Like you're going to have to come in every morning an hour early before everyone and get on the bike and wear this off. I didn't. I used to go in and when the physio weren't looking, I'd stop. My attitude just went with it. And then I got shin splints because I was too heavy when I was running. Went to Belgium for a tournament. We played Barcelona in the quarterfinals and I was breathing out of my backside. I was still captain at this point. But then I got shin splints, got injured. I was out for two months. That made me put on even more weight. And then after that, I just couldn't put it back. And then I got released, went to Southend. And I just Is got it to true start. at South End you were doing like nightclub promotion as well at the same time? No, no, no. That started when I went non-league, like down into the conference. I started doing that. But at least, when I was at South End, though, like my heart was done. Like I was gone with football. I was like League One, like, oh, this training ground's rubbish, the lunch is rubbish, you've got to wash your own kit. This is minging. Like looking back, what an idiot. Because League One is a massive standard. I regret that where you were at in, in in some ways going to, if you like, and suddenly it just went back yeah. out of nowhere. It hit you so much. Yeah, I was in the England. I was in the England set up, you know, as, and I was just everything was going in the direction that I was going to be playing for Tottenham's first team within two or three years. And because of my own fault, I got released. And I, they were saying to me, "Look, we're going to release the boys that are up for contracts. We're going to give the boys. We're going to give a pro to, but you, you, we're going to do for the first time ever." We're going to put you on this extended six-week period where they let me play in the Youth Cup and all that to see if you can pull this back because we're going off what you are as a player. And I just and my confidence went then and I was gone. I'm, not, I'm big with confidence. If I'm nervous, I'll, I'll have a shocking game. Yeah. And uh, I was nervous the whole time. And when I went to South End, I just lost my heart, didn't enjoy football anymore. And that was it. Then after a year of South End, got released from there, went down to the conference and it was game over. Josh, what, what about you at that point, looking at Mark? you know, kind of spiral. And like he said, he, he's a confidence player. Was it hard for you to watch? And, and what about your dad and your granddad? Were they giving you advice at this time or was you just not even? My dad we- was gutted. Like yeah. my dad saw it, but like it was, yeah, my it, dad was gutted. It, it was tough. And there's only certain times you remember from your childhood, if you like, or years and years ago. And I remember the night, I remember the evening, uh, went out with my dad and mum and we knew the new, when the news had come that Mark was going to be released from Spurs a little bit of shock, but it was more, I spoke about this before over the last couple of months when all this has been uh, going on, if you like, with the football with me and Mark. And I said the same thing. It was more hurt. I felt not so much let down because he, he's never let me down in his life and he never will. I felt let down for him like he'd let himself down, if you like. And it was one of them I wished I, wished I could have been with him. And that was the only time I wished I was at the same club as he was still because I could have seen some things. But I was too young to, to be on that holiday, if you like, where Mark was. And I think even then, you don't know. You're new to it. I, I'm a completely different person. If I knew what I knew now then, yeah. I think I'd have done even more in the game. That's my opinion. Because I feel I've let myself down with one or two things over the years with, you think you've, suddenly I'm on the bench in the Premier League, I'm there. You could always do more. And people used to say to me, do more. And you think, no. But when I look back, it, it, the, the feeling I got with what happened with Mark was, I was hurt. I felt like he'd let himself down. And I was gutted. There was no two ways about it. And I still sat now and know my dad is. My dad's so proud of Mark, like we all are. And what he's gone, to, gone on to do in life is amazing. And I'm thinking, listen, I don't know what Mark would have preferred because in one way or another, he's been a hell of a successful man and he will be. But when I look back, I just wish he knew then, I knew then, and we could have given, I could have given him a little bit more advice because it, it does hurt because as Mark just said there and more, he's held himself back a little bit there. He was flying and he could have had a fantastic career in the game. And it's a shame, but these things happen in life sometimes for the better and you can't dwell on it. It's just a shame that it did happen. Yeah, these things do happen. And listen, we're going to get into, you know, this whole 360 about you being back together now. But also, Josh, do you think seeing that happen to Mark, that ignited you a little bit more as well? I think so. Yeah, I think so a little bit. It scared me in a way. Would you, would you be on, just on that note though, Chelsea, and I've never asked you this question. I was thinking about this the other day. Would you, would you say there was a period in your career, looking back now, knowing what you know, 
that Josh, listen, forget all the jokes. He's naturally a better footballer than me. Like he was always a little bit, I was, I had a great prospect as a kid. He was like the next best thing. He captained England, every age group, every club wanted him. But would you say there was a period in your career where if you weren't as good as you were, the way you lived your life, mm. it could have done the same to you? Definitely. Because I remember it vividly. Yeah, definitely. He nearly did the same thing, Chels. Really? Like, yeah, maybe not as far as me, but there was a period, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a period. I think there's been a few periods. I even look back at my Charlton days and when, you fit, when you're flying, you're, you're up with the first team reserves. I could have always done more. You know, when you think you've done enough training, you've done enough game, you, you're the best player, man of the match. When I look back, gym-related stuff, but and it's more off the field. I think if I knew then about diet, nutrition, not so, not so much that I was a big goer-out. I like to go on a night out when it, when it could happen and when I could, but there was a certain spell when I started to really break into first teams and playing first team football, especially when I went on loan to Barnet. That was a big thing. And if it wasn't what Mark just said, if I wasn't maybe the blue-eyed boy and such a good player, it would have caught me and bit me, if you like. Yeah. Even, even my scumfolk days, I was doing very, very well at scumfolk in the championship as a, as a young kid, 18, 19. Trying to tee up right to have a crack. Oh, what a goal! It's a brilliant strike. Scunthorpe United won. Manchester United nil. But I missed home and I was racing back home. But that, that's more of a mental side of things. If I was older now, I would have stabilised myself to have stayed up there, not, not raced home to, to go out with the boys or meet this one and that one. So you can always, I think that, it's, I'm sure everyone can. I think it's one of the biggest things in the game, Chelsea, like facts that now when I look back, I, I try and do it to the boys at Crawley. Like there's a few boys with talent there that they, they, they you know, they just throw it away. I'm doing running after. I don't need to do it. You know, this is, I've never told anyone this before, but you know, I've got paid from the club. I give the money back. I don't want to take the money from the club. I'm just there doing it for fun. But I don't need to do this. In the summer, my life will carry on the way it was going before. And some of the kids there are so talented and I won't mention no names, but they're just going after training. They don't do no extras. They're not in the first team. And I look at them, I go, I can see myself in you. Yeah. You need to do this now. And like Josh, he used to go at one period, he'd come out with me when I'd quit on a Saturday night and then a Tuesday night. Like, he wouldn't do that. He, he, if he went out on a Saturday night now and got drunk, he wouldn't do it again for six more weeks. And he's yeah. like coming towards the end, so it don't really matter as much. Then when it mattered, he should have been doing it then. But you don't know, as a young player, like, I didn't know when I went to Spain that this is going to be that bad. I'm like, oh, I've got all the talent, I'll get it back. Yeah. No, when you get back, every other player's going to be fit. They need, kids need to be told how important it is. Yeah, talent, you know, like we say all the time, talent can get you so far, but it's like with music. I see it all the time. Some of the most successful people I've worked with are maybe not the most talented, but they'll be on time. They won't miss the video shoot. And, you know, it is, it's determination and the hard work that follows it. The so amount 100%. of people that have come through football who I know who you'd think no way would he have ever made it. When yeah. Were young, just because... They were level They worked hard. They were dedicated. Gary Neville says it. There's loads of them. <laughs> look, look at Gary Neville. He says all the time. He was maybe not, but his professionalism, that drove him 90% of the way. Anyway, not by experience, if I knew, as I said, if I knew it now, like then, what I know now is a different ball game. but that's like for everyone, I guess. Hindsight is a beautiful yeah. thing. Josh, we're going to tap into Scunthorpe. You just mentioned, um, you know, I heard that you got kind of a bad injury there. No, I'll tell you what it was. The first year I was really, really flying in terms of being a young kid playing week in, week out championship. And I started to attract a bit of interest uh, from one was being Celtic, obviously up in Scotland, but again, some big clubs down south. And I struggled, Chelsea. I struggled to settle off the field, but I was still really having a good season. And then because of my life, not so much lifestyle was bad, but I was living on my own. So the food I was eating probably wasn't up to the nutrition and the standards what it should be. I was probably a little bit heavier, didn't do enough gym, if you like, because I was playing so so often. And then I got, I had a real bad batch of flu for about two, three weeks and I couldn't recover. And it took me about a month to get back going again. And I never really found that form until the end of the season. And then when I wanted to come back home uh, at the start of the next season, then I didn't, I stayed, started really well. Nigel Adkins left, went Southampton. And then uh, it's hard to how to word this. He probably sucked me in with what, taking me there. He was on the phone saying, I want to bring you to Southampton and I'd be going back home if you like. And then it was just the rest when I'd made my decision that I wanted to come back home after that. It was at the end of that season that I suffered a bad injury when I'd already made the decision to leave. I was going to sign for Reading in the January. I ended up signing for Mere Wall, but I had a spell out of the game because I did my metatarsal. So it left me in the limbo of being injured, decided to not sign for this one or that one, turned down a deal at Scunthorpe, and all of a sudden I was without a club and thinking, oh, hang on, I didn't want to drop down to League One or League Two. 
wanted to start a championship and I rode, rode it out, if you like, and ended up signing for Millwall and uh, had a fantastic spell In that there. period where he, didn't, where he didn't have a club, your gaffer, Harry Redknapp, let him go over Tottenham and keep fit for two months while he was trying to get back from injury. What a lad. We love yeah. Harry. We love Harry. I can see your soccer age shirt up behind you on the wall. <laughs> it's there. There it I is. It. Yeah, it was love a very, that. very worrying time. That it was the first time ever through my whole career. What is it now? Since I turned 17 all the way through. 15, 16 years, whatever it might be. It was the only time that I'd never been at a club and it was a very worrying time and I was playing a bit of a gamble, but it ended up paying off. I was going to say then, you know, unsung hero, Mark, what, what advice did you give him then at that time? Like you said, probably the most worrying phase of his career there. Um, I mean, I, I, got him to, to, I got him to Tottenham. He was actually in the jungle when I signed for Millwall. We didn't know it. Oh, time. yeah. Really? So he, he was, do you know what? Look, look, it's a good question, Chelsea. It brings it all back. Like, although I know, like, you can't, the one thing I'll be big-headed about in life is our family bond, like all of us. There's no better fan. Obviously, there is to other people. To me, you can't get better than the way our family are. Like, they watch every football game we go to. And you can't get more support and love than what I, that he's got for me except for you can, because what I've got for him, probably where I'm a little bit older. And that period, I remember it, now you just mentioned that, he didn't have a club and I was so worried and I played in a charity game and Harry Redknapp was my manager and he said to me, how's Josh doing? And I went, he's doing all right, he's been injured. He ain't. And I got him to go and train at Tottenham. So he went into Tottenham with mm-hmm. Harry, got it, got back, you know, fit, rehab, he was treated like a first team player uh, and that allowed him to go to a wall. But I went into the jungle without him having a club. I knew he was training with Mirwall, I think, he just come out of Tottenham and I was in there. And you know Joe Swash? Yes. <laughs> Don't know how he knew that I wanted to know so bad. But when you're in the jungle, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Although this is going to sound dramatic, you're laying there, right, every day. And all you want to do is talk to your family. You can't talk to them. You don't know if they're healthy. You don't know if everything's all right. And all I thought about every day was, has Josh got a club yet? Has oh. Josh got a club yet? And I, don't, I think I might have said it out loud to one of the guys, oh, what are you missing? The one thing I'm missing, I just want to know if my brother's sorted with football. And Joe Swash must have heard it in the gallery because he watches all the clips. And I went on a trial. It was a live trial and he was behind Ant and Deck. And they're not allowed to speak to you, people who are part of the crew. And Joe Swash was behind Ant and Deck and he went, waved to me. And I was like, what, what? He went, Josh signed for Millwall. Oh. And literally, I've got good looking at goosebumps. I've just got goosebumps there. No, literally, look, my hairs are standing up. I remember him saying it. I've got a lump in my throat. And the rest of the two weeks of the jungle, I breezed it. I was like, yes, I can relax. It was a great feeling. Plenty more to come on Mark Wright, my unsung hero, including a run-in with Jose Mourinho at Soccer Aid. So I was in the dressing room and I walked to the shower with a towel around me. And I pulled my towel off and put it on the peg. And Jose was standing there, so I've got nothing on. And he goes to me, why did you quit? And I went, oh, I just, I don't know, I just did. You're an idiot. This is Mark Wright, my unsung hero, with me, Chelsea Grimes, on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Mark Wright, my unsung hero on Talk Sport. Yeah. 
You're listening to My Unsung Hero on TalkSport with me, Chelsea Grimes. And in this series, we get to talk to the footballers that have played the game. You know, we hear about the up moments, the down moments and everything in between. And we also get an insight to what life's really like in the game when we speak to their unsung heroes, the people who've been there from the beginning and have seen it all. You can't get more support and love than what he's got for me. Except for you can, because what I've got for him. This week, we're talking with reality TV star turned footballer Mark Wright, whose unsung hero is his brother and fellow professional, Josh. Mark, you were one of the original cast members for the ITV reality programme, The Only Way is Essex, launched in late 2010, which feels like a lifetime ago. did you realise what you were getting into at that point? And, you know, talk to me, where was your head then at football? I mean, was that completely gone? And was this something that you really thought, yeah, I'm going to be a star in reality TV? Where was you at then? No, so the, I owned a bar at that point. I was still playing semi-pro football and I was nightclub promoting in London as well. And um, I was there at the start and how it sort of happened and why it happened. I always loved the show, The Hills on MTV and I loved the idea Lauren of, Conrad, what a yes, geez. Yes, well, I booked Aldrina Partridge yeah. uh, to a club night that I was having. I'm revealing everything here. I'm going to try not to do too much. <laughs> but basically, she didn't turn up. It was a dodgy booking. And then someone I know in the industry was like, oh, you booked Aldrina to come to your club. I was like, yeah. I was like, where was she? I told them the story. And I was like, oh, how good would it be to do an Essex Hills? So we'd done this kind of documentary, this pilot. And it was like a documentary taking the mick out of us, really. So I was like, no, that's not good, whatever. And then the company that ended up making the show, they came to me. Uh, That's why it's kind of owned by them. And um, they said, we've seen this idea. Why don't you like it? What do you want to do? Whatever. And then we spoke about it collectively. And um, that's when it was born. But I never for a minute thought what's happened is going to happen. I just thought it was going to be a show on telly at two in the morning on channel 724. <laughs> Sorry, whoever's listening, if your channel is 724. <laughs> but basically, I just thought it'd be on telly and I get to put my nightclub, my bar, yeah. on telly. And it's just a little bit of promotion. Because at the time, we used to advertise through Facebook. And if you've got a few hundred followers, you're like, oh, yes, there's that's, that's more promo. So I thought if we get a few thousand people watching on TV, it's great. And then the woman run me after about six weeks. She, she went, we're going to follow you around with a camera. So she followed me around for a month, just me and my mates. And like my lifestyle and whatever. And then after a month, she ran me and goes, oh, Mark, uh, the show's been commissioned on ITV2 every Sunday and Wednesday at 10 o'clock. And even at that point, I didn't watch ITV2. I'm not, I've never been a big telly person. I still don't now. And I went, what? What, what does that mean? Like, is that good? She's like, it's massive. I was like, oh, really? And I didn't really think nothing of it. And then literally six months later, we won a BAFTA. <laughs> Josh, what, what are you thinking at that, that point? Where were you? What club were you at there? Well, thinking, Mark? Oh no, the Millwall fans are going <laughs> to absolutely bury me. Are you <laughs> no. still at Millwall at this point? No, no, no. When it first started, I believe I was at Scunthorpe. Then I'd have, yeah, you I, was. Yeah, I'd have been at Scunthorpe. And I was probably, I look back, it probably labelled with it a little bit. But at the same time, I knew because it was Mark and the way he is with his life and work and stuff, it would have been a success it was. And I was just supportive and proud and... I never got involved in it. I was obviously asked once or twice, but obviously football was always going to be my route and what I wanted to do. I never asked him. No, he didn't, to be fair. I would never want him, I never wanted him to be anywhere near it. I didn't even, let, I didn't even mention him when I was on the show. No, yeah. and uh, listen, it was just something that obviously not just Mark, more of them, uh, uh, obviously my sister, my mum and, and Nan at the time were, were part of it. And it was something that I used to tune, in, tune into, put on the TV. I'd never see what was going on behind the scenes. I was never there and I'd watch it like everyone else would and just be... Yeah, proud again that family members were on it and doing something good. Would you get a bit of stick when you'd be playing? Yeah, uh, at that time, and I was late. That's what I just meant then. I was labelled with it a little bit that I was part of Tower. I wanted to be in Towie or, or anything like that. But you get a little bit, yeah. I, would, I do remember actually playing for me a wall against Crystal Palace away. It's obviously a bit of a South London derby. And I took a corner, which we scored from, and I got all sorts of abuse in the, the corner. The only way is... <laughs> yeah, I was getting... Was get, I don't know Any of them. some of the stuff they were saying. But uh, yeah, listen, it's all part and part of it. It's only done now. Well, so, Mark, you, you become the star on that show, obviously. Um, and I want to talk to you about the return, you know, football returning to it. I mean, how good does it feel? I watch it on the FA Cup. I think pretty much everyone in England did watch that. Um, but, you know... You've always maintained a good level of fitness anyway. What's the difference now, you know, years away from the game, getting back into it? How do you feel? Mate, honestly, right? Because although I've had years away from the game, I still played, like I've got my own Saturday team. 
I still train. I still play football on a Monday and Wednesday night. I'm in mates. But I mean, he'll tell you I've gone a bit OTT mm. with like the levels of trying to get fit. Like he goes, he actually texted me earlier, didn't you? He texted me earlier because I'm injured again. And he went, the afters you do are ridiculous and it's too much because I stay out on my own doing loads of running. Probably because I'm scarred from what happened last time. Um, but it's been hard. Like I played that one game. I got injured just before half time. I had to come off at half time. I've done my hip and my rib. And um, then I played a friendly last week for match fitness. And now I've got grade one tear in my groin. But it's, it's someone telling me like, mate, you're past it. It's done. It's too late. But it, it's been tough. It's been, you know, hard on the body. But I'll, you know, I'm going to continue to the end of the season, see how it goes after that. But I've loved it. I've loved being back in and around the football training ground every day. That full-time feeling of being a footballer. But of course, it's hard. Like, I've been football today and I've got to rush off to uh, work tonight and do the radio. And, you know, there's kind of, it's been, it's been a tough six months in terms of how the hours I've been doing. And it, but. I think, yeah, listen, the, what he's done is incredible. And to say that he's played in, in the football league, played in the FA Cup. So for me, in my opinion, and many people's opinion, he's already achieved and, and succeeded and said, and can say that he's been there and done it. And to do it at 34, where you've not been doing it only over the park or with your friends yeah. over the years is incredible. I don't think there's that many people that would, which is a credit to Mark. The way he's worked, I've seen it firsthand since I've been at Crawley. He's inspirational. And I think a lot of people at Crawley themselves can take a lot from it and look up to Mark in many ways, in other ways as well. But in my opinion, the athleticism and the fitness in the game nowadays compared to even when I was a kid at 17, 18, so when Mark was first starting out, it's second to none now. It's a different ball game. You, you'll know this, Chelsea. It's, it's a completely different ball game. And so being 34 is hard enough anyway, but trying to get back into it after not, your body not being conditioned is hard. It was well, always going to be gonna, Was it you, Josh? Were you like getting him, you know, saying, you know, maybe you should think about it? Because I know we played at Soccer Aid together. You actually, um, your debut for Soccer Aid was 2016. Sit by right. It's well hit. You know, you scored the great goal, one man of the match. Um, was that a part where you were like, maybe I should get back into it? Or was you still well, thinking about it? it? I should have done it then because I was looking back. That's the last time I felt in prime condition. And I didn't notice, but half time Chris Kamara was getting interviewed and um, they were talking about like, the celebrities that are good and whatever. Apparently Sam Allardyce said to him at breakfast, I need a left back at Sunderland and I would genuinely take Mark in and have a look at him. And he said that on the show. I didn't see it because I was in the dressing room at halftime having a team talk. And then I get, I, this is a story I'll always remember, but I don't tell it too much because you know what people are like, oh, as if Mark can play for whatever. So I was in the dressing room and I walked to the toilet, uh, toilet, the shower with a towel around me and I pulled my towel off and put it on the peg and Jose was standing there. So I've got nothing on. And he goes to me, you needed to know that bit, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, of course. I just, I'm trying to get you to visualise the whole scene. So I'm all right, li- Mark. Not literally visualise it. Just visualise it neck up, neck up. <laughs> anyway, Jose goes to me, hey, why, I'm not going to do his accent. He goes, why did you quit? And I went, oh, I just, I don't know, I just did. He went, you're an idiot. I go, what, what do you mean? Guy. He goes, you could have made it and all this stuff. So anyway, we get on the coach. Chris Kamara comes up to me on the coach and he goes, uh, Righty, Jose's just been talking about you like in the players' lounge and just saying how like he would 100% take you on trial or whatever at United. I was like, what? That'd be stupid. So I left it. And then um, got on the, when I was on the coach, Defoe pulled me and said like what Sam Allardyce had said to him as well because he was at Sunderland at the time. Defoe, and he said, we do need a left back. It was all a little bit, listen, I was brilliant in training. It's soccer, the standards nowhere near as good. So you can, you can shine. Um, but yeah, there was a bit of me then that was like, if these kind of guys are saying this and taking me this serious... I maybe could look at this, but then I didn't. And I went to LA and got a job out there and I've done it at 34 instead. You have, you've smashed it. Josh, just one more thing on you. I think, you know, we've been asking everyone this question and, and the families as well. You know, you mentioned it a bit there about getting a bit of stick on the sidelines. And I don't think we talk about it this much, but Mark, you know, when you've been there in the crowd and you're watching Josh and you maybe hear some, someone say a few bad comments, how, how do you take it? And Josh, do you ever think, oh, my family's there? Like, I'll just deal with that abuse, basically. I think the hardest, the hardest we've ever had it, my, nan, my nanny Pat died um, on a Tuesday. Was that a night game? Yeah, no, Saturday, wasn't it? She died on like, a Tuesday or Wednesday. And Josh played, I'm not going to mention the club. You can probably Google it because it was everywhere. Uh, he played against the team away at their place that we used to play for. And... Uh, 
they were like chanting things about my nan and like no, I mean no. that was when it was a level above and I'm in the state I was in the stand and obviously I I saw red and if I heard any of them near me I probably would have done something I regretted but he tried to get off the pitch and into the stand and it was a very emotional day you know we were in we were in a bad place at that time but I to watch his anger on that in a cage if you like because the whole stand was sort of doing it the whole stadium the big stadium as well and I'm just watching my little brother on this pitch trying to do his thing, but I could see how emotional and emotionally involved he was getting, like with these fans chanting things about his nan. I know how distraught he was about our nan. Um, that was probably one of the hardest days of my life when it comes to both of our careers. That, that was probably up there with me being released from Tottenham as an emotional, because I, I couldn't help him. I couldn't go and get him and say, you're going to be all right. Or I couldn't shut the fans up because there was too many of them. And I could just see him getting redder and more upset. And it was, that was a terrible, terrible experience, that 90 minutes. But, you know, he won the game and we got the last laugh. So it's my, yeah. wife, it's my wife who can't take it. When I she, was going to say, who's when the shoulder? When she comes to the game and she hears someone abusing me or say, she's actually had to stand up and said something to a few people. So I have to now sit her away. So she's uh, on her own. <laughs> <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> In January 2021, it was announced that the Wright brothers would have their chance to play with each other in professional football when both were signed by Crawley Town. Up next, we delve into their first few months at the League Two club. What will be amazing is when we're both in the starting lineup together, we play a couple of games and we get a win and my dad manages to come and watch. That's when it'll be an insane moment. You're listening to Mark Wright, my unsung hero on TalkSport. Wright is going to take this penalty. Ooh, little pause in the run-up, but advantage England. Hello, I'm Mark Wright, and my unsung hero is my brother Josh. You're listening to Mark Wright, my unsung hero, and it's a little bit different as Mark's just transcended back into football from a successful career in TV and radio. It was great speaking to Mark and his unsung hero, his brother and fellow professional Josh, and to hear where they're at now, both playing at Crawley Town, the stories, Mark's love-hate relationship with the sport, and now after starting off together at West Ham and Arsenal, they've now gone full circle and are back playing together. Let's hit on Crawley. How did that move come about? Talk to me. I started training at Orient with Josh, getting fit for Soccer Aid. I wanted to have a few days training. Um, Done really well. The Orient manager said to me, if I ever need a left back, you'll be the first person I'll call. Um, I did do well training, didn't I? Very well. And with that, that surprised my stand. And I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I could do this one last time. And then, weirdly, the Crawley manager texted me on the Monday after training of Orient. He's seen, I've been here and he said, I've seen you training. You want to get back into the game. Why don't you come and finish your journey here? Because the last club I played at, the highest men's level I played at, i.e. the conference, uh, was Crawley. They were in a conference at the time. And he was my manager then. And he hasn't had a managerial job since then. Wow. So he's gone back and got the Crawley job, seen that I'm trying to get back into it. He said, why don't we reunite and finish your story here? I was like, you know what? I'll come and train with you and I'll see how it goes. Like, I weren't really planning on signing or whatever. Started training, doing well, played in a friendly against Reading, played really well. And I thought I could do this. Yeah. Then he goes to me, how's your brother getting on at Orient? I said, not too good with a manager at the moment. Uh, they've had a little falling out. Even I'd love to have him here. Then I started negotiating a deal. Uh, kind of acting <laughs> we love as the, it. Kind of acted as the agent, and then now we travel to training every day, and you know we're playing for the same club. And not quite. He says about I've done well against you know getting three minutes against Leeds and playing half a game against Arrow. But to me, I've not even started yet. What about you, Josh? How are you finding it there? Yeah, listen, I really enjoy it. It's a uh, the gaffer, like Johnny Yems, as Mark was just saying, I've known so as Mark over the years. He, when he was working at Bournemouth, he was trying to get me there as well as one or two other places that he's been. And he's a good guy. He's an honest guy. And uh, I think I'm there for the long term. I love playing football. I love playing matches. And that's why I've come here. It's a good group, great group of players, great group of staff. And I've got my big brother there who's with me every day, as he says, travelling in. And we're going up against each other in five sides. And we never go on the same side. No, they've not put us on the same. We don't, we're in the five sides, we're never on the same team. It's annoying. I want to be on the same team. So uh, now, listen. It's call it what you want. Is it history? Is it? It's going to be memories for life. We're going to look back at this spell and and talk about it. Tell our kids. Tell our grandkids. Hopefully, and uh, it's a very very proud 
scenario and moment and uh, it's one that we're always obviously going to remember and cherish for both years as well mark for you personally what was your biggest fear about returning or your biggest doubt i think knowing that everyone thinks i'm going to fail uh and wants me to like football fans and failing in a way that visually people can jump on i shouldn't care about it but you know like being skint or like megged or something like that. And that video just being all over it. Cause you just know it's going to go viral. So, but I can't think like that because, and I've played like that if I'm honest, Joe. So I played in a friendly the other day and I was sitting off the winger and I wasn't getting tight enough. And that's because I'm scared of diving in and getting done and people going think, but that affected my game because then I wasn't getting tight enough. So yeah. I've got to try and clear that. Out my he, ana- he analyzes things a little bit too much. And listen, we've all been there. We was all new to it. And because he's come out of his comfort zone, if you like, from what he's been doing day to day. And because there's no two ways about it, the eyes are on him. It's, it's Mark, right? 34 years of age, a celebrity or whatever you want to call him, coming back to be a professional footballer. Who's not going to be watching? And the world we live in, rightly or wrongly, people are looking at you to foul. Yeah. He knows that. He's not silly. Social media nowadays. And he's got to put that to bed. He's got to think, what I said 10 minutes ago, he's already been successful. He's already done it. He can already say he's achieved, which so many thousands and millions of people in this world try and go out to do and don't do for one reason or another. And whatever happens from now is a bonus. and He's got to enjoy it and be very proud of what he's done because I've seen it, as I say, first down day to day. Everyone thinks it's all about matches, matches, matches. What he's done just in himself at the training ground and, and just as a person, as a character is amazing and that's why he's got to be proud of it and, and give it everything from now till the end and whatever happens, happens. We talk about proud moments and you talk about family a lot. Um, you know, to round it off, how proud was your family seeing the both of you playing together in the FA Cup on the same side? I mean, that's Thank just you. beautiful. Great save, Casilla, and then the rebound is tapped in and it's 3-0 to Crawley Town. This is the magic of the FA Cup. It's a sensation in West Sussex. Leeds United of the Premier League. Yeah, they, they were so proud. I mean, again, I wish I got longer minutes, so it's hard for me to, to be positive. But it was uh, they, they were so proud. And my dad's so proud. He just I think what what needs what will be amazing is when we're both in the starting lineup together, which we've been once, but I only played half a game. We're both in the starting lineup together and we play a couple of games and we get a win and my dad manages to come and watch. That's when it'll be an insane moment. What I would say to that is, and I know what Mark means about wish he had longer minutes, but there's a canvas now that's in my mum and dad's house. I think you might have one as well, Mark. I'm not sure. Me and Mark at the end of the game just said something in his ear a little bit to him at the end of the game about how proud I was hugging each other. And at the end of the day, it did happen against Leeds, against one of the most historic historic English football clubs there is back in the Premier League now. And that will be there living on the wall forever. A fantastic photo. And one, as you say, the family are very proud of. So when you look back on your career so far, boys, what are your feelings? And it, what it, it, uh, I, my feeling is I'm so glad I've managed to carve out a successful career outside of football because if not, I'd be regretting it every single day what I did to myself. However, you don't look back and regret, you look back and learn. Absolutely. Gosh. No, spot on. I've had many, many highs, but I've had many lows and sometimes it's been tough, very difficult. People think it's plain sailing, but it's not. But one thing, I always say to myself, if and when something's not going quite right, is I believe I've given it everything. Of course, you can look back and learn, as Mark just said. You can regret, but what's the point? If I knew now what I said earlier on, again, back then, it could have been different. But I've given it everything. I'm very, very proud. And I've had a great career. And it's certainly not over yet. I've got many years left. And uh, who knows what the game can bring. I love that. And you've got an app together, haven't you? I'm going to join that. Well, that's what I was yes, Chelsea, say, Chelsea. Come on, you've now got to join it. Train right, that's why we're doing it. But that's what, that's what we're about. We obviously play football together, but we want to work together for life. And that's why this has been set up. We're only just getting started. And uh, Train right's the future. Yeah, for us, work-wise. Obviously, future. Josh has still got a little bit left in his career. I don't, well, hopefully longer than a little bit. Depends how long he's going to go for. But past that, and we look 10 years on, Train right, we want that to be the phenomenon that we plan it to be. Um, and, you know, we want to take that. We love keeping fit. We train weights together nearly every day of our lives whether we was playing football together or not. Uh, we always have done. We've always trained together and that's where Train Right was born. You know, we was like, right, we train together every day. Let's make it a business. And for the next however many years, we want to be business partners and take Train Right to the kind of top. And um, lads, I'm sure I know what you're going to answer already because I've got the biggest smile on my face. You've made me 
just love listening to your stories. But would you be here where you are today without the guidance, advice and help from your unsung heroes? I certainly wouldn't be, no. I don't think. One way or another. Yeah. Mark's thinking about it. No, I, do you know what? I've got, I, I genuinely got a little lump in my front. My life would have been different, put it that way. My, my, everything I do, I look to see if he's impressed with it. Any TV show, any radio show I'm taking part in, especially football, I always turn and make sure I know that he's proud and that his opinion matters so much. My life would have been different, 100%, yeah, in, in many ways. Listen, thank you so much. Super inspirational. Um, and yeah, I'm going to see you on the app then, yeah, or in Essex somewhere. It's been a pleasure, Chelsea. See thank you later, Chelsea. As well. You've been listening to Mark Wright, my unsung hero, with me, Chelsea Grimes. You know, what a, what a story that was um, and is. Mark and his brother now playing at the same club, listening to his whole story of being in the game and out the game and back in the game. You know, you can tell football is where it all began for him. So good luck to Mark and his brother, Josh. A reminder, if you missed any of the show, you can listen back on the TalkSport app. Next week, Everton defender Ben Godfrey reveals who his unsung hero is. I think he taught me things about professionalism and, and when I was let down from trials and stuff like that as a young kid she was always there to, to pick up the pieces. You've been listening to My Unsung Hero with me, Chelsea Grimes on TalkSport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.